0: Now, Kangamox at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on Kangamox.
1: All right. Welcome. Good morning. Good grief. We are off and running. One more week. Home improvement. All the things around fixing your home. Anything related to being at home. Comfort at home. Accessibility. Getting in and out. Emergency medical service access. Where they might park. How to get them in and out of the door. Can a gurney get down the hallway? All those sorts of things. Inaccessible things in the home. Oh, did I tell you the weather's perfect? Maybe a little bit of outdoor living, deck, deck maintenance. It's time to seal the pavement. Yes, whether you have an asphalt driveway or concrete, paver, uh, maybe a little bit of stone. All those various things that prepares for the snow and the ice coming. Maybe a little bit of getting the screens fixed. You know, you open the windows and you ventilate the house for all that fresh, good smelling air. Oh, oh, there are holes in the screens and the bugs are... Oh, yeah. Well, let's get them down to the hardware store, the home center, and get those things rescreened. Maybe a walkabout around the house. We've got all sorts of weather coming up and down, warm and cold, wet and dry. Oh, yeah. Home improvement. Phone lines open for you. 10 phone lines. Count them 10. Eight fingers, two thumbs. I got, got ten digits, let's call it that way. Three, one, four, four, three, six, seven, nine hundred. three, one, four, four, three, six, seven, nine zero zero. Toll- free anywhere on the globe. 800 925 1120. Two hours today. We go up until one o'clock with Rick Adelman coming in. And then three o'clock, the business of family business here on Camwax with Ryan Recker. Mitchell Wall Architects. Yep, indeed. we let uh, an old uh, firm here in St. Louis talk with Tom Wall of Mitchell Wall right here on Camwax. Now, I promise, we have some seats in the back of the classroom. Come on in, come on in, fill up your coffee, iced tea, whatever it is, bring in your beverage of choice have a seat in the classroom. We have an expert in the house. Kevin Welch of Gila Tech. Kevin, good morning. Welcome to Cam Wex, my friend. How are you today? Doing great, Scott. Good to see you. Well, you've uh, been out and about on this great weather. Kevin, uh, what's your observation of uh, what it's like to live in the Midwest here?
2: Uh, It's a really, really, really dry place right now. Is it really?
1: (laughs) Really dry. Spoken like a foundation guy. Yeah,
2: it's it's, uh, it's put us in a position that's really good, but uh, yeah, we're seeing a lot of... A lot Of houses moving around right now.
1: Kevin Welch of Helitech is uh, uh joining me here. He's going to stay around and answer some questions around foundations. Uh, Kevin, what does the dryness do? I mean, how, how does that affect uh foundations and and you know, how long does it take for that ground to dry out, so to speak?
2: Well, I don't really know how long it takes to dry out, but it's uh what it's doing is it's causing a lot of uh, air pockets underneath the footings of the the foundations, and uh, a lot of that's due to our soil. We, we talk about that a lot, don't we? Oh, yeah. And um, uh, the clay soils here are, uh, are causing a lot of movement. So the, the pockets form and then the, the house is settle.
1: Well, we're a so. brick town. We uh, I don't know if we invented brick, not quite that old, but uh, golly, we are a brick town. And uh, the clay deposits around here make that one of our natural resources. So, you know, zip forward here a thousand years and by golly, you're still dealing with it. Yep. Wow. Now, does clay inordinately uh, react uh, differently than normal topsoil or, what? you know, does it behave differently?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of, well, the, we're learning that a lot of the clay in this region is, uh, is what they call fatty clay. Mm-hmm. And uh, what that does is there's a lot of pores inside of the clay and allows water and moisture to get inside of it. And when that happens, the clay explodes dramatically. It just blows up. Um, and, and then when it dries out, it goes the other direction dramatically. And so we're getting dramatic movement, and uh, when you go from all the mo- the moisture we had back in in the spring to really no moisture for the last two and a half three months, yeah, yeah it causes a lot of movement.
1: Well, uh, sooner or later it's going to start raining again, Kevin. I mean, mm-hmm. What happens when the you know the clouds open up, and uh, you know what follows this drought thing?
2: Uh, then we go back into waterproofing again. Yeah, oh. it starts causing uh, water to get into basements, uh, maybe through cracks that have formed over time that people haven't noticed, um, and then we start getting into a lot of uh, the other side of our business which is has been really crazy this year as well with all the flooding back in uh in april wow so.
1: wow will you stick around with us for oh, a while oh yeah looking forward to it as always uh if people want to get in touch with Hela Tech, can you uh, give us a clue what the phone number is so uh the phone number is 1-800-246-9721
2: and then uh, they can get us on uh, online at uh,
1: helatechonline.com. Right on. This is Kevin Welch of Tech. My name is Scott Mosby, K M O X. We have phone lines open. I promise. If you've been waiting, I know you have. Come on. You're out working in the yard, the outdoors at the soccer game, little kids, little. Li- the- yeah. 314 436 7900 eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty my name is Scott Mosby I own and operate Mosby Building Arts this is our 70th year seven 7-0. zero uh, certainly I did not uh, found this company but uh, you know I was smart enough just to keep the ball rolling because we had so many families and clients that had learned to uh, depend on us from my father Sam Mosby the founder and you know just kind of showing up for those families and uh, you know keep putting one foot in front of the other doing the right thing. And, you know, on time, on budget, happy clients, some uh, simple things in our business at Mosby Building Arts. Uh, What we do, we are licensed architects. My father kind of got into what's called design build. Uh, It came from doing smaller projects like uh, decks and screen porches, sunrooms, things like that, that were relatively easy to draft onto today. Where at Mosby Building Arts, we have licensed architects, certified designers, every kind of alphabet behind their names. Uh, And it's really from realizing that the role of design, visioning, you know, getting together on what needs to be done couples better with the construction team when both are involved from the very beginning. So our construction team is involved in the design, estimating as part of it from the get-go, and visioning or really imagining what the outcome could be of that project. So that kind of describes what and who Mosby Building Arts. Uh, Through my 20 years here on CAMOX, we've been drawn into reporting to homeowners you know what's wrong with their house and you know oftentimes we you know call Kevin of Helatech and sometimes we'll really deal with it on a grading and ru- water runoff all those sorts of things i call it builder 101 somehow um New homes don't always wind up with the water and the slope and the soil sloping away from the house. So simple things like that uh, really matter and they affect what Kevin does. Kevin, what's happening at Helitech? Uh, you guys are busy. I mean, anything new and exciting or improved, or just yeah. so doggone busy? Just yeah, busy. Really busy. Um, it's been
2: a it's been a banner year for us, um, celebrating our 30th year at Helitech. So that's a, a heck of accomplishment. Um, wow. But, yeah, busy is the is the key word. We're, we're running
1: hard. Must be doing so, something right. Yeah, yeah, it's going good, really good. Okay. So. Kevin Welch, Helitech, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. I promise you and pledge you my very best. I know Kevin will offer the best experience he can, as do I. Home Improvement, phone lines open. KMOX, Kevin Welch, Scott Mosby, at your service.
0: And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX.
1: All right, Home Improvement, KMOX, phone lines. We're trying to share the smartest stuff we can. We'll muster the best questions and answers we can from the smartest listeners in KMWXville, I promise you, indeed. Home improvement, and we have it right here. Let's start out and get going with uh, John. John, good morning. Welcome to KMWX, my friend. How can we help?
3: Hey, thank you for taking the call. I'm outside doing a little tuck pointing here in New City. Right so on. All I'll right. Take advantage of it. Uh, my question relates to uh, a leak in my basement. I've got a brick home in New City, two stories fireplace if you want to call it a double fireplace there's one up in the living room right down in the shop as well there's a second fireplace down there i don't use the one in the wood shop in the basement but there's a little door to the right of that down in the fireplace area a little metal door with hinges it's old as the house 80 years old But three years ago i put a nice copper chimney top up on top of the chimney so no water can go down through the chimney anymore mm-hmm. yep And you can put screens on the sides so the critters can't go down in there either, and leaves. But when we get a hard rainstorm, uh, I'll see water coming out of that little trap door down there. And I don't even know what the little trap steel door is for, but why is there water coming in there when I have a top up on top of my chimney?
1: Well, I think you described it with the hard rainstorm here, John. Uh, keep in mind, the purpose of that door is an ash dump clean-out. So typically, that little door, that goes to the exterior or down in the basement? Which one do you have?
3: Down- uh, it Well. What do you, uh, the door is inside my house. It's in the basement. Is that, is that ash coming from the chimney up in the upstairs, the floor above it?
1: Yes, yes. Either the, okay. It could be the living room, and it could indeed be the second floor or your basement as well. Wh- whatever's above it, that's just a hole in the f- uh, chimney. Uh, and there should be a commensurate clean-out in the bottom of one of those fire boxes where you just have this tip door. and you put the There incense. is. Yeah, You're right. That's there where it is, goes. Where there's
3: door on the fireplace above but of course not in the basement it's all concrete out
1: yeah yeah well Look, that's what there's that from? water coming from oh man uh, uh, did you waterproof your brick yet
3: uh no, you mean like put a lacquer on it or something well, to seal it?
1: Yeah, well, uh, kind of a um, some sort of a waterproof, like a silicone or something. Here's what's happening, John. Um, that water is coming in, and, and the most common culprit, for, frankly, uh, when you put the chimney cap, the copper cap up there, mm-hmm. did, did you replace the actual cement cap on top of the chimney?
3: Yes, I did because it was eroded. Had a road. It had it. had a my tuck pointer went up there and he put all new up there.
1: Perfect. Well, you did one and two, the cap and the the top as well. Uh, so you've kind of put an umbrella over the top of that. Um, yes. Good, good enough. Now somewhere between those two elements and the ash dump, the water's coming in. It could be a leak, but when it's internal in the ash dump like that, usually it's coming through the brick or it could be a winter um, even condensation, but you're describing it as a hard rain. Somehow that rain is coming in and, and you may need to inspect your bricks too because you can have good tuck pointing, but it may have separated from the actual brick. You can see little hairline cracks between the mortar and the brick and you get a hard driving rain, you can drive water through the brick. And keep in mind, On the average, uh, it takes brick about 20 seconds for water to come through the face of the brick. Do
3: you think it could have been hard wind blowing up at the top through those screens and then down the hole through a side wind because it's so hard?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Because okay. I- ideally, um, if you've got a chimney flue liner, that little, and if it's full masonry, John, that little piece of um, flue liner, the, the clay piece, that pipe should stick up one or two inches to limit the amount of that coming in straight down there. But even that, between the cap and the clay pipe liner, you can have little hairline cracks. There are just a hundred places that's possible.
3: Okay, this doesn't sound like an end-of-the-world deal for me, does it?
1: No, if it's a full masonry chimney, John, I I would monitor it and just keep track. Uh, for me, I would put a clipboard downstairs in the basement, and I would mark how much water I'm seeing when, and then about a year, year and a half, go back and just track and see if anything's really different. Because how old, you know, in New City, your house has to be fairly old, isn't it? 84 years old. Yeah, man, I mean, you and I get wrinkles at 84, and, you know, this thing starts moving around. So I think... Yeah. You know, but you've got a solid masonry fireplace. There's not a whole lot, you know, that can go wrong with that, really, other than freeze-thaw and blowing the brick apart, which if you've got a tuck-pointer and, you know, you're doing it now, you you know all the rules there.
3: Yeah, well, he tuck-pointed it because I don't like heights. He went up there and did the whole chimney, both of my chimney stacks. The one that's... uh in the back, that used to be a coal one, that's now for utility yeah, exhaust yeah. CO2, and then the other one is wood burning, and he did both of those about three years ago.
1: Yeah, you know what, I, I, John, I would suggest that you call that same tuck pointer back because he knows your chimney intimately. I mean, he's he's the doctor; he's seen it all up close. And just say, hey, is there any advantage? I'm experiencing this. I'm seeing it in the ash dump. Uh, because, frankly, I'm a good generalist. I'm probably 80% accurate with what I'm saying. He's going to give you a chapter and verse. Uh, so talk to him about waterproofing your chimney brick.
3: Okay. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Appreciate right. it.
1: Right on, John. Good question. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Home Improvement, KMOX, uh, you know, that's kind of my thing. I know a little bit about a lot. When you get down into the specialists, you know sometimes there's a few things that I'm pretty deep on, but you know, frankly, my value is knowing where to turn. You and think of me as the kind of the general practitioner, if you if you will. Uh, when I run out of gas and the extent of my knowledge is, then I call Kevin and Kevin comes over and he says, "Well, here's what you're facing with this part of town." You know, Kevin, you know the the clay soils. Uh, you've got a pretty good sense of. What soil conditions are you know you and at Helitech of what's around town? It's you know
2: it, it it's all over the place. Frankly, I mean it's it's uh, we're over in Webster right now doing a pretty big project and we're digging uh, ten feet down and the soil is just ridiculously crazy. I mean it's it's thick. It doesn't want to fall off the bucket when uh-huh. we're trying to dig. Um, it's it's just a see a really unique dynamic. I mean it's 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 really interesting to watch and see how. How it uh, how it changes, especially when you're digging
1: through it. Wow! So wow! Well, makes it fun, doesn't it? Yeah, always interesting, always All right. learning. All right, L- uh, let's see what's cooking here, and let's talk with uh, see what's happening with Art. Art, good morning. Welcome to Camwex. How can I help, sir? Hello. Hey, good
4: morning, Um uh, hey, I'm calling. Um, I'm kind of a do it or guy, and I I'm wondering. I've got a two concrete issues. One is that my driveway has um, done some settling, and so the sections are a little bit irregular from each other, but then one particular section is the real problem. I had a well driller come out. to. I put in a geothermal heat pump a few years ago, which I love, um, but the well driller planted one of the um, supports for his well drilling truck on the concrete, and so now it's, it cracked, as a result, and I've got a nice spiderweb web uh, cracking going on where it, it drops down probably, I would guess, three-eighths of an inch, a half inch maybe maximum. But I'd like to be able to get under there and lift that up somehow, and uh, I wanted to see if there's any uh, thing an individual can do without calling in a, a mud jacker or something like that.
2: Kevin, can you help? Yeah, Art. You know, um, you know, we do mud jacking and and poly jacking. But what I always tell my customers is the concrete has got to be structurally sound for sure. for it to be able to lift back into place. Um, so if you can imagine, if you're coring holes through concrete and you're trying to lift something that's got spiderweb cracking throughout it, what what typically will happen is when we apply the we get the pressure underneath the slabs as it tries to come up, it starts splitting and cracking even more. So in essence, we're, in essence, we're really not doing you any favors. So okay. you know, um, it could be a situation where that area could maybe be saw cut out or chiseled out or something, and then refilled, maybe tied into the existing pads, and then and then filled back in, and then we could do okay. some lifting on the other slabs. Um, I know there's some resurfacing products out there that you could work with too. That once the concrete is is sturdy and structurally sound, that you can you can apply over the top to, you know, make it look better.
4: Does that topping stuff? Does it last?
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, a lot of them require maintenance, so you've got to keep up with that. That's that's critical to to those products. Um, some of them are annual maintenance, resealing type situations. Uh, others maybe two to three years, and some of it also depends on how much direct sunlight you're getting on those products. If they, you know, if they're what their UV resistance is. So mm-hmm. that's that's where you know. The maintenance is absolutely critical, though. If you don't do the maintenance, you're not going to get the life out of those products that you should.
4: It, it almost sounds like, like in my situation, where I've got a little bit of shifting between the sections of the concrete, and I've got this one section, you know, that's got the problem. Perhaps I'd do better just to uh, replace the driveway. Would you, you would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, in a lot of cases, that is the best you know, the best solution. Um, you know, how's your drainage around the driveway or your downspouts and and everything, water running away from the driveway, or is it getting water underneath it?
4: Well, originally it had water running underneath. it. the drive, fortunately, the driveway is sloped very well, so it slopes down towards the street. It's not a real long driveway. I think it's got three sections of, you know, two by two, two sections wide by three long of concrete, and then, or maybe four actually, but then it hits the street. So it slopes down at a real nice angle. But there was a downspout when I bought the place that was running out and across the driveway at an angle. So I think it was, I think some of that was getting under underneath the uh, the driveway in where the sections joined together. But I've diverted that now. Yeah, and that's probably yeah
2: that that usually will help out quite a bit. And then you know what's happened is is it's formed you know some voids underneath those slabs, causing them to settle. So now now it's it's a it's a a decision of okay, do I do I have someone come out and take a look at whether or not it's mud jackable um, or mm-hmm. poly jackable, um, and is that going to be a good long-term solution, or does it make more sense to to just start over and and yeah uh, and, and redo it? So okay, that's all right. Yeah, it's something we'd certainly come out and take a look at for you if you like.
4: Thank you very much.
2: All right, Art. Have a great day.
4: You too. Bye bye.
1: Good question. Thanks, Art. Appreciate it. There's always always information uh, like that. Uh, Kevin, will you stick around, brother? You bet. Right on. We have Kevin Welsh, Hedolitech, waterproofing and foundation repair, Scott Mosby, Kim Wicks, here at your service. Hey! Hey guys, this is Alex
3: and Amy,
2: and we are back with another season of Wendy's Week in Hockey, but now a new time, Monday nights from 7 to 9 o'clock.
1: Join us for Blues conversation, player and coach interviews, NHL roundups, and more. We'll take you inside the locker room and around the league.
2: All of that comes your way every Monday night on your home for the best Blues coverage, KMOX. And now,
0: back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX.
1: Oh, yes, more fun than two adults should be allowed to have here blocked up in the corner of KMOXville. We do have a nice view. we overlooking Soldiers Memorial and the new uh, the new old library here for downtown city. It's kind of a neat place. Uh, Kevin Welch and Scott Mosby here at your service. Right now, let's get to the phone lines here and speak with Pete. Pete, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can we help you?
4: Yeah, I had a quick question for you. Um, I had a stop work order placed, you know, on the do it your do it yourself project, and I was wondering what the consequences are if you don't follow it. Uh
1: well, right now you are in a municipal infraction. This is going to get anyway, if you continue to do this, it crosses over into um uh it's kind of a criminal thing. Uh this is not good. Um uh, and they're they're playing for keeps. If you're on a stop work order, um, they've cited work for proceeding without a permit. And um, that means that you are outside of all of their uh, rules, laws, and processes, and they'll watch you like a hawk. And frankly, um, it's a big deal.
4: But they're saying you need to get a permit just to replace a kitchen sink, which I find that absurd. So they're... You know, so I was wondering if you just, you know, ignored it and just kept going. I mean, can they evict you out of your home? Can they put a lien on your house? I mean, really, what can they do to you as the homeowner?
1: Well, Pete, what's happened is the burden of proof has shifted to you. Uh, I'm not an attorney, so uh, the point being that there is a um, repair and restore segment of the code but the code is interpreted by humans so there is subjective things to this objective uh... you know black and white written code Uh, so you have the right to replace a sink You have a right to replace a faucet. However, if you're going to get into the pipes and do any P trap or waistline repair, uh, any kind of rerunning of hot and water, anything outside of just simple pull a part out and put a part in, that all needs to be done by a licensed plumber. So, that line, you have to pretty much prove that to that code authority or code official. Uh, in whatever municipality you're in, whether city of St. Louis or Kirkwood or Creevco, whatever. But at this point, you've got to sh- come in with a scope of work um, and a description of what you're doing, uh, promise and sign it and either pay a permit or not. Um, So that's kind of the issue. I I know at Mosby, oftentimes, that's one of our first phone calls. We'll just call the code officials and say, this is what we're doing in this municipality. Do you want us to get a permit for this? And that's where the reputation goes a little bit. It's like, all right, you're Mosby. We know you follow the rules. You know, are you, first off, do they believe us? Are you really just replacing that sink or are you doing more? So anyway, there is some um, reputational things that a do-it-yourselfer doesn't have. They'll just stop work and then make you prove to them whether or not you're just doing repair and replacement, or whether you're truly doing some sort of improvement or getting into the potable water system and into the sanitary waste system. Okay,
4: all right. And I mean, have you what have you heard them? Um, what they can do when they do a stop work order if you don't follow the process? I mean, what is the worst thing that can
1: happen? Uh, my understanding—they can put you in jail. Okay. I mean, this is a big deal. Frankly, here, here's kind of the reason building permits and uh, building codes exist. Um, Let's—and I'm gonna—I'm a—I'm a master of exaggeration. So, you're fixing your sink, and you're uh, storing 200 pounds of high explosives underneath there, which you know is holding up to the pipe of your P-trap. Do you have the right to blow up your six block area by doing your own work or not? So, okay, that's the big exaggeration. But if you're getting into the potable water system, if you do something with some sort of a flux or a toxin or poison and it gets into the water system, and it, you know, somebody down the street has a fire, they hook up a pumper system, you know, pumper truck, and they actually vacuum the water out of your water lines, now you have poisoned the entire water supply. So, on the plumbing permit, uh issue uh we're talking about life and health safety so they don't play around this is not for the faint of heart and that's why we have permits and and code officials to protect that public safety and this doesn't even get into the structural issues of decks falling off houses and such
4: okay i appreciate your help
1: yep pete take it seriously this is a big deal thank you all right bye now bye-bye Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, O X. Again, um, keep in mind, there is objective. This is what you're supposed to do. Subjective, this is how humans interpret that rule and law. You know, if it was black and white, we wouldn't have attorneys. Because it would just be simple. Here are the rules. But then you have interpretations of that. We have a Supreme Court in the country that interprets what that means. So when you get a stop work order, it means they believe you haven't followed the process. The code officials, code authorities, uh, the people involved and responsible for public safety. So they're giving you a timeout. You know, you're in timeout. But it is that um, performer, literally the contractor, if you do it yourself or you are the contractor, it is the contractor's responsibility to follow the rules and get the permit. Um, and on do it yourself, you know, when you're fixing or replacing a sink or whatever. And, and Pete, my advice to you is photographs. This is, you know, basically sometimes we'll just send photographs. We'll mark it up and say, this is what we're doing. Flash it off to the, you know, uh, uh, scan it and, and send it off to the code official. You know, and if it's simple and mundane, it's like, don't bother me. You know, but if it gets into what they're really supposed to watch and such, it's like, yeah, I know it's too simple. Get a permit. I'm sorry, you know, but this is what I'm supposed to do. So we're going to inspect you. And that, you know, that's oftentimes just one of the first uh, phone calls we make. Uh, Let's get into a similar one here and talk to Mike. Hey, Mike Scott here. Kevin Wells, Scott Mosby. How can we help?
5: Hey, Scott. Got a question. Uh, 30 year old house, 30 year old deck off the back. Uh, Originally, off the back of the house, there was a concrete. Um, patio with concrete steps to a sliding glass door. Uh, Built the deck off the back. Part of that deck uh, is actually resting on the concrete step for about six foot uh, because there was no way to really attach it to the house at that point without taking a step out. Over the years now, the concrete patio original underneath has cracked along or parallel to the house and has sunk maybe six inches along the house to where you can see the rebar coming out. Um, So if you jack up, you could jack up the deck and just jack it up and then figure out how to attach it, or do I mud jack or remove the concrete and do something else, and that would be all under the deck at this point, uh, a small portion of it. Uh, One other note, uh, absolutely no water in the house, not a drop for 30 years, so it's not a water issue at this point.
1: Well, Mike, first, uh, let's get into this. You have just described why decks need their own concrete piers, their own foundation footing to go down below any kind of slab or steps or whatever. Your concrete slab sits on the soil, freeze comes, slab comes up, thaw comes, slab goes down. So you're lifting and thaw, you know settling and lifting and settling your deck.
5: Correct. And um, the, 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 the rest of the deck is all on piers except for that one spot where you come out the sliding door in the corner Yeah. so and and just that portion um i guess of the joist is resting on that so if i you know that that was my question
1: well now you're into kevin welsh sort of stuff where half of the house (laughs) yeah half of the house is one set of structures and the other half is the other and they aren't playing well together
2: yeah with the um with that kind of weight sitting on top of the concrete you're going to be very unlikely to, it's going to, un, unlikely it's not going to lift if we go to try to jack it. There's just too much weight sitting on it. Um, another option might be to try to drive a couple of piers underneath it and somehow set those piers and and try to raise the deck um, and take it off of the patio and put it onto the piers so that the piers are then holding it in place. So that could be an option. Obviously, we've got to, we would have to go through the deck so some some parts of the deck might have to come out to get to underneath um, so well, that it would that be a good,
5: it would be a good time now because the whole top of the deck it looks like you know I'm, I'm starting to replace it so I mean that that could be a possibility.
2: Sure. sure. we could come in and put some a uh, couple of piers under there and just completely take the load off the patio and place it onto the piers and then you're, you're good
1: to go. Yeah. Okay. And, and Mike, my, my point of view, it will never be less costly than it is now when you have all that stuff pulled apart. And when you go to sell the house, oh, um, yeah. th- you won't have to pay for it then. You're going to pay for it now or later when you sell the house. So uh, my opinion is call Kevin, get her done.
5: Okay, very good. Thanks for the help, guys. You bet.
1: All right. Bye now. Home Improvement, Kevin Wells, Scott Mosby, Kim Wex. We are yours.
0: And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, Scott Mosby, Kevin Welsh at your service. Let's get right into the phone lines here and see what's cooking. Uh, we have Sherry. Sherry, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can we help?
6: Good morning. I have a question regarding a concrete block wall that is stair-stepping and bulging. It's underneath a standard basement window, I've had fortress strips to hold the wall in, placed to the right. The waterproofer I've been using says that you can't put the strips underneath a window. I don't know why. Anyhow, they're wanting to come in and and anchor, dig a trench outside, drill a hole in the wall, and anchor it, I guess, to stop the bowing. And they're wanting me to maintain that, you know, go check it, tighten it down if needed, Loosen it, blah blah blah. I don't understand how to do that, and I want to know if that is the most practical way, the best way to repair a bowling wall.
2: Sure, yeah, it's it's a it's a system that's out there. Um, I'm not a fan um, of something that people have to go in and maintain. Uh-huh. Um, it just it it puts the burden back on you. Okay, um, and so you know, one of the systems that we work with is our helical anchor system and we come in and we core holes, but we drive our helical anchors down at an angle into the soil so we get down into stable soil or into rock. So okay. when we're done with those, those uh, those anchors require absolutely no maintenance whatsoever. Oh, really? So you're done with them, right? Now, little, a little bit more costly than the system that you're talking about, but yeah. in, in in my opinion, well worth it. I mean, the value's there that, you know, the the warranties fall back on us. Um, And there's no burden on you for having to go down and crank a a bolt.
6: Okay, because I'm not sure of that. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I could even do that. All right. Well, I think that answers my question.
2: And then Uh, just depending upon how much the wall is in, um, Mm -hmm. we could come in and and possibly just stabilize the wall so it doesn't move any more on you. Um, In some cases, if the walls bowed in a lot, um, Mm -hmm. then we would have to come in and Shore up the house a little bit, raise it off the sill plate just a tad to relieve the pressure, and mm-hmm. then we could we could actually pull the wall back.
6: Oh, back it's have a sixty-four-year-old frame house on top of the the concrete block wall, and my uh, breaker panel is down there yeah. above to the left of the boeing wall, and I was concerned, so I had an electrician come out, and he said it was secure. Okay, there was no good. issues with that. Yeah. But is there a warranty that for the homeowner if we purchase this service?
2: Yes. this in That type of a system, the warranty is going to be for the lifetime of the structure and transferable if you ever sell the home.
6: Wonderful. And you service Illinois?
2: We absolutely do.
6: All right. I'll give your company a call on Monday then. Thank
1: you. All right, you. Sherry. Have a great one.
6: Uh-huh, thank you both. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: And that's a good one. I think Sherry uh, feels a good, like, well, I don't want to turn that bolt. You know, I don't feel comfortable, capable or, um, you know, trusting of that. So the self-assessment is, can I do this? You know, she, she's going to need to buy that service of somebody who will assume that responsibility and bring that value. So,
2: Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's out there and it works in, in some cases, but it's, again, it's a matter of, do you want to, do you want to go do that? Do you want to yeah. go down there? And a lot of times too, people want to cover back over those anchors or the plates or the C channels or beams or whatever they are that are put in and you go to you go to put things back over and cover it back up you can't get to it yeah to do yeah. the maintenance so then yeah, where are you yeah. so
1: well kevin uh, tell me uh services a or uh, you know of uh Helotech, excuse me here you know what all do you f- do at Helitech?
2: all the way from just your general crack injection work um, all the way to like fixing a
1: crack in yeah. my foundation walls yeah. cracked i need a yeah, something do an, epo- to-
2: an epoxy injection into the cracks mm-hmm. uh, um, all, and from, from that low end to all the way up to replacing foundation, foundations, foundation walls completely. Yeah. So yeah. we can come in and shore up a house and take down a foundation and put it back up, yeah. which is pretty extensive. That's about,
1: that's about as extensive on a residential side as we get, but. Now you get into uh, industrial work and large watering. You know, a, a, as you know, there's more to geotech. Yeah, than just we have
2: uh, we have our commercial division that um, you know we have uh, geotechnical geotech- studies that are done by engineers before they go to build a building, um, and if they find that there's plastic soils or there's something there that they don't like and feel like they, there needs to be groundwork done before the the structure's set, then we go in and and do that type of work as well and that. That division, I mean, Helitech is growing rapidly, but that division is really exploding. Very exciting to see happening.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's the same kind of technology residentially, only larger applications. I mean, you you're talking about enormous. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah the, the,
2: everything gets bigger. The equipment gets bigger. Yeah. The numbers get bigger. Um, the, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, a, just a bigger, bigger situation.
1: Now your hydroway as well. The, tell me about the <clears throat> hydroway and the water, you know, dewatering system. So
2: yeah, so our hydroway systems, our patented waterproofing system, uh, was developed, um, by some engineers at Monsanto about roughly 20, 25 years ago. And, um, we purchased the system, uh, purchased the equipment and we actually have a sister company across the street from our Helitech headquarters that, um, is, uh, is set up to manufacture that product, and we sell it to other companies across the, you know, the entire world, mm-hmm. um, waterproofing companies like Helatech. Don't sell it to anybody in our own market, though. Right, we don't want right. to compete with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, we, we're selling that all over, and that, that division uh, is doing really well as, uh, as well. What's the phone number, Helatech? Kevin? Uh, 1-800-246-9721, and uh, you can get us online at uh, helatechonline.com.
1: All right, Kevin Welch, Gila Tech. Kevin, will you stick around hour two? You bet. All right, KMOX Home Improvement. Stay tuned, news, weather, and sports.
0: <coughs> Your home for Chiefs football. KMOX, KMOX HD St. Louis, 102.5 KEZK HD3 St. Louis.